Welcome to the podcast of Grace Covenant Church, where we are transformed by God's grace, connected through relationships, and committed to service. Welcome to Grace. You picked a great Sunday to be at Grace Covenant Church. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, we're in a two-part series called Plus One. This week is going to be great. Next week, nah, but there's some time. But here's, here's what we, if you're brand new to Grace, let me just tell you, we're going to interrupt our regular planned, uh, what we do it normally is we, we look in the Bible and we look for um, the, the way God is described. We, we want to learn what God is like, and then that is supposed to change the way we think, and that will change the way we act as a result of that, and we live our lives for his good pleasure. But this week and next week, we're going to look at this plus one because, well, here's, here's why. Because we figured out how it works. This is it. We figured out how the world works, how life works, and I thought you'd want to know, like, how it all works. Because it, we're going to look at the Bible, kind of a bunch of pictures of it, but the Bible's true, that's for sure. I mean, everything in the Bible is true. Not, not all truth is in the Bible, but everything in the Bible is true. But this is true as well. It works. I mean, the, the Bible works. And we're going to look at today, we're going to, you're going to see how life works. And you're, I mean, we're Americans, right? I mean, we love pragmatism. We invented, quite literally, we invented pragmatism as a worldview. So you're going to want to write this down, get your pen out. Three words, simple, not easy, but it's simple. Ready for the three words? Here it goes. This is how it all works. Service in community. Let's all say that together. Service in community community. That's right. That's how, that's, that's how, well, let me show you how powerful service in community, what happens when people get together to serve usually a bigger cause and they're connected with one another, it changes everything. As a matter of fact, here's my primary proof to you is civilization as we know it right here in the West, 21st century is only, was only able to be realized because people had to they were forced into service in community. Okay, that's what I'm telling you. Service in community is what was the primary cause that, that brought into existence thriving cities and education, universities, and commerce. Here's why. Because in, what, 4006, when Rome fell, if you want to put it on that date, for, from 4006, for 500 years, uh, Western civilization, it wasn't civilized. Western Europe, all of Europe is just declining over in, in, into chaos for the most part. And, and uh, people were abandoning the cities. They, mo- most people, well, most, 90 to 95% of the population at, by the year 1000 were make, making it in what was called subsistence farming. Sub-existence, it's subsistence farming. What that means is 90 to 95% of the population were living in small hamlets, and, and the line between like having enough to eat and starvation was razor thin. And, and that's how it was for several hundred years. And my mom, can, can I have seconds? Honey, you can't have firsts. And if you look at the skeletal remains of the time, in, in this period of time, you'll see that most people died young, and they were hungry. They lived hard lives, and they died hungry. And then three things changed the whole world. Now, you had to have all three. That's what, you need to know that. All three had to exist at the same time. The first was there was a climate change. It's called medieval optimum, or sometimes it's called the little optimum. From 1000 A.D. to 1300 A.D., um, the 
temperature of the earth raised one to two degrees. Now, if you weren't near the, the equator, you were, things, great things happened. What happened was the growing season became much longer, and it was a much more uh, temperate climate, and there was, it was far less likely for crops to fail. So that was a great thing. One, change in climate. Two, uh, a new invention came along. It was, it's called the heavy-wheeled plow. For a thousand years, the plow had had no modifications. It was basically a stick in the dirt that would be drugged by either a human or some kind of animal of, of burden. And it would, this is where you get, the, there's that phrase, it would just scratch the surface. And you couldn't get much out of the soil because of that. And, you know, right around 950 or so, <laughs> the German engineers, Mercedes-Benz, it's always the Germans and their engineering, they came up with a new type of plow, and it's called the heavy-wheeled plow. And what they did is they put a blade in front at the very beginning that would cut the soil, and then they invented this, this plow. This is the first time you'll see this. is a heavy plow that would turn up, and it would turn over the soil where all the nutrients uh, were existing, right? And so, so you could get much more out of the ground. And, and think of the potential here, right? It's, there's a climate change that's going on, and now you have renewed or, or reinvented technology, upgraded technology, and then you have all this potential for food we're going to finally eat, kids. But they don't because they can't. They can't work the heavy-wheeled plow that I tell you, there's a plow, and it has a wheel, but it's heavy, and there's the problem. I mean, think of the potential here, right? I mean, you've got two out of our three elements that are required, and, and, it's, and it's not just for a good day, friends. It's so your children can make it to five. It's so that you wouldn't have to live in fear anymore. And, and, and none of that can happen because it, you have to drive this thing or pull this thing with, with, uh, with, with oxen, like, like a whole team of oxen. Usually you see pictures and there's four or, or sometimes six oxen it takes to pull this. Now, why couldn't people do that? Because nobody can afford six oxen. And so here it is, right in front of us, the potential to change everything, and no one could, well, could do it until the day the earth changed. Here's how one scholar puts it. She says, many scholars believe that the whole structure of peasant society was altered by the adoption of the heavy-wheeled plow, and that's because almost no individuals could afford to own and care for teams of oxen. Communities had to come together to manage what often became shared resources. What changed the universe? Sure, there was a change in climate. Absolutely, they, we had this new uh, upgrade of technology, but... We were in service in community. When we, when we shifted from family farming to communal farming, this is when you start seeing local governments uh, or communal groups get together and they swear these oaths of allegiance to one another because we're going to go in on these four ox together and we're going to share our farming and then we're going we're to use this, this German-made heavy-wheeled plow and then everything changed. Everything changed. Here's what happened. Here she writes again. In the run-up to the year 1100, there was, for the first time in living memory, a surplus of grain for many people living in the medieval world. Better climate, superior technology, and now, right, service in community. And what happens when you have food left over? You can sell it. 
And that's why this is the beginning of what we would call modern civilization. They were living in subsistence living. They were living in a form of Stone Age because after this takes place, there's this huge boom in trade, and now everyone doesn't need to be a farmer, and then the cities were rejuvenated and revitalized, first time since the fall of Rome. You're starting to see, you're starting to see Rome and Paris and London become these metropolises of, of corporate uh, growth and prosperity. What happens when you have leftover food and you can sell it and you can start commerce and you have extra time and money. You start educating your children. You're no longer a slave to your stomach. Now you can look at, you know, the beauty of the mind and the universities get going at this point. Now the school starts starting up again and it hadn't been like this since Athens back in the day of Greece. And it all started because there was service in community. That, my friends, is how the world works. The whole world works this way, service in community. Let's all say that together. Let's just read the signs here. In, it's how the world works. That's the way it works. It's the way it was designed. Here's, here's my argument for you. It's the way we were designed to work. You go back to the Garden of Eden. Service starts off with God places Adam in the garden and says, cultivate it, work it, serve it, right? Get it, get it going. Designed to work. We're designed for service. And then a couple sentences later, it's not good for man to be alone. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth with communities working together so that you have to work together in service. That's how the world works. That's how it's always worked. It's the way it was designed to work. That's the way life works. Service in the community, that's how life works. Look, for better or for worse, okay? For good or for bad. Uh, here's a good example. Some of you know the story of what's called the Tower of Babel. It's in Genesis chapter 11. Listen, listen carefully how service in community, God understands how he designed it. In the story of the Tower of Babel, the people are, are uh, told by God to scatter and to fill the earth, but they won't. They don't want to. It's the first act of rebellion after the flood, and they say, we will make a city for ourselves, and we will use tar instead of mortar and, and brick instead of stone. We're going to make our own bricks. We're going to make our own tar. We're going to make our own city. We'll make a name for ourselves, it says. We'll make a name for ourselves, and we'll build it to heaven. And God sees they can do it. Look what it says in verse 5, 6 rather. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. If everybody's working in service, in community, there'll be no stopping. What the, the potential is God understands the design of this, and so what does he do to stop this evil from continuing? He goes down there and confounds their language. He takes away their community. Construction stops, and they scatter to the world. I'm just, I'm, just, it's, I'm just trying to be practical, right? This is how the world works. This is, how, this is how life works. This is the design for everything. And so well, let's, uh, let's reverse engineer this. How's your life? Is it working? If your life is not working, maybe, possibly, it's because you're in community, but you're not serving. You're just in a community where you take. Or maybe you're serving, but you're not in community. You're, out, you're in isolation. You're serving in isolation. Either one of those will get life so that it's not working. 
It's, it's hard to find examples of people in service outside of community in the Bible because God designs people to be in community while they serve. But there is a good example I want to bring up to you, and it's the example of Elijah. Elijah had a, well, he had a daunting task. He's a prophet in the Old Testament, and his job description was to confront like pure incarnate evil, a king and queen. And, but he was out of community. He was all by himself. And so after a series of confrontations, he finds himself running for his life. He's sitting under this, this, this broom tree at the beginning of chapter, what, 19, and he says, oh, dear God, take my life. Just, just kill me. I'm no better off than my forefathers. A couple of verses later, he finds himself hiding in a cave, and then God says to him, here's where we pick it up, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, uh, what, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he says this. Now, you have to put your hand over your head when you read this. You have to say Oh, but I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of all the hosts, and for the people of Israel. They have forsaken your covenant, and they have thrown down your altars, and they have killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I alone, am left. And they seek my life. They seek to take it away. This is what happens when you do service out of community. You burn out, you become bitter, and you become hopeless. I mean, it's predictable because it's like the physics of the world about how the world works. If you do service in isolation, you become bitter, you become alone, or you become hopeless, and you get burned out. How, are, you do, are you doing service alone? Have you been in this cave? And what does God do to him? I'm just, how does God serve him? Get Elijah back on his feet. What is, well, he, just, he works the formula, service in community. He, first thing he does is gives him mandatory naps for a long period of time and feeds him well. And then he gives him a bigger picture. He says, hey, justice is coming. Justice will be done. And then he says this about community. There are 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal nor kissed that idol. And I'm going to give you a special friend. I'm going to give you Elisha. And so the next two, two sentences later, Elijah meet Elisha. And now you can do service in community because that is the way we were designed. That's the way the world works. That is the way life works. Not so obscure. Let's talk about work. Work, work. Okay? What's the definition of work? Service in community. It's supposed to be. And if you're in a place, where, if you, in a place of work where everybody is in community, you're probably getting some service done. Service is the work part of the work. But, but you know what happens sometimes in communities? Communities become toxic when it only takes a couple of people, okay? A couple of people that are hypercritical and negative and, right, melancholy, and, and they just push that goo out there, and it makes the community toxic, and so people don't want to work there anymore. That's why people, number one reason people leave their job is not their job description, it is their job community. The, uh, the number one job of a manager or a leader in, a, in an organization is to find the people that have the cancerous attitudes and help them change their attitude or change their address. Because service in community is how the world works. That's how life works. That's, how, that's, that's the way, look, some of you guys, look, I'm, 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 I'm belaboring the point, okay? I admit that. Let's work at it backwards again. Some of you have experienced this. 
Imagine, you could go to some luxurious resort place. You're not going to serve anyone. You're going to be served. You're there to be pampered, okay? And you've gone to this extreme to go to some place that's extravagant and opulent, but you're going with people you don't like to be with. Some of you call that Thanksgiving. (laughs) Some of you. And you've been at this place where you're thinking, oh my goodness, I would rather be, I don't know, with friends, by the way, with friends, shoveling gravel in the heat of the Mexican sun than be here. Fill this drink up and give me another, (laughs) right? I don't like, right, that's because it's service in community. It's an equation. You have to have all the parts involved. That's the way the world works. That's the way life works. That's the way Jesus works. Service in community is how Jesus works. Think about it. Think about his strategy. Okay, here's here's the service part. I'm going to change the world, Jesus. I'm going to change the world. How does he do it? I'm going to get 12 guys picked, right? And then we're going to go hang out with each other for three years. And we're going to be in community serving. Look, here's here's his battle plan right here, Mark chapter 6. And he called the 12, that's his community, And he began to send them out two by two to do their service and gave them authority over unclean spirits. I I can just go on and on and on because that's how, that's just, that's it. That's why I came here today. I want to tell you how the world works and how life works and how Jesus works and how grace works. This is how grace works. We're just following the same template. This is how this church works. Service in community. This is how this church works. I mean, watch this. If you're familiar with our vision statement, watch. We're two out of three in our vision statement. We only have three points in our vision statement. The first one is connect through relationships, right? The second one is committed to service. There they are. And the last one is transformed by God's grace. Transformed by You add grace to the equation service and community, then magic happens. Now we're talking about miraculous life change. We're, we're doing a lot more than civilizing, you know, the Western Hemisphere, okay? Now real things are happening. But I, my point is, look at our vision statement. Look at the way we do things. We do things the way the world is run, the way life is run, the way Jesus works. That's what we do here. So, um, <laughs> kind of like life, how's grace working for you? How's the church, this church how's this church working and, and maybe if it's not, you know, if, you're, if your life isn't changing from the influence of this congregation, maybe it's because you're doing community without service or service without community. Or maybe missing both service and community. And that's, that brings up our kind of our two-week series. The, the, the point of it's called Plus One. I want you to add something each week. They're two completely different applications And I know if you do a plus one this week and a plus one next week, it looks a lot like plus two, but who cares about math? Okay, so, but we're going to have a bold challenge. We're going to have a bold challenge each week, and they're not really related to each other. So this is the plus one. Here's the challenge. What, What are you going to add in the context of service in community? Service in community. Now, we're not trying to get everybody busy. I know that's a very popular way of doing church today to you know, turn the screws until everybody's so busy that they get extra points for Jesus. It's not the value here. What we found is that about half of the people that attend on Sunday morning are not in service in community here. So I'm speaking to that group. 
that aren't in service in community, you need to, uh, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to ask God, what are you going to add? Service in the community. We're going to add, there's two, right, there's two options, right? I want you to pick one of those two. There's service and there's community. Let's look at option one, right? Option one, committed to serve. Committed to serve. Committed to serve is the idea that, I mean, I, gosh, I, I, there must be a thousand places to serve just on this campus. You can serve as a greeter. You can help with the, uh, you can help a lot with the parking. I can tell you we need some more people there, but um, with coffee, those sorts of, you can serve around. We have so many aspects to opportunities to serve in East Austin, in Africa, every, but let me tell you, the easiest and the best way to serve at this church right now is in our children's ministry. Right here, Grace Kids. That is the best and the easiest way to serve at Grace. If that's going to be your plus one, here's, let me tell you why it's the easiest. One, you're here. <laughs> okay, we are in, in the business. We are what's called a regional church because we're on a freeway, and we're actually on three freeways. And what that, what, what that causes our demographic, if, we're, if we do some things, a couple things right, most people in this congregation drive at least 18 miles to get here. So we structure our church to like this. We know how hard it is to get here, and we know traffic's bad. So when you're here, stay here. You know, we'll have, we'll have pizza under the trees just so you stay here. Just stay here. We got, that's the hard part. You're here already. And then the second part of, about easy is there's child care provided. So at a church where it seems like you have to have three to four kids to be a member, being here with child care We've, heard, we've crossed most of these hurdles, but look at the logo. Let's get that logo back up there. Legacy. Look at the legacy starts here. Look at the power of that phrase. Legacy starts here. What that means is you take a little bit of your temporal time, right, and you, you speak, you do your gifts. There's, I'll tell you about that in a minute. You use your gifts to speak to these young children, and you can change eternity for a child or a family. Take a little bit of something that's tran- transitory, that's tr- right, that's temporal, and you can have leave a legacy of discipleship. You can speak into these souls and make them, make them well with the Lord. You can teach them how to live right and fear the Lord and love the Bible. Now, listen, if, if you, in your mind, if you're thinking, oh, that means I'm going to have to teach, there's like 10 or 15 different job descriptions out there. Some of you guys, you always look mad. We have a place for you. <laughs> We'll have you work the doors. That's great. That ugly mug of yours can be used by God in some ways, right? And some of you are thinking, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't want to teach a room full of seventh graders. You know, who wants to teach a room full of seventh graders? Nobody wants them. Mrs. Wilson, yeah. Did you gain weight or is that dress not fit? Who wants that? Okay, we have people that are specially gifted for that, but everybody else can play a part. That's the point. Everybody can play a part. And what's interesting is um, the, the place where we need the most help is with these toddlers and their kindergartners. And friends, if you look closely, you can still see their little angel wings on them. They're still there. They haven't, you know, made that change yet. They're still relatively sweet and innocent. So you could sign up to help there. All you have to do is hold the rope that they hold on to, maybe be a line leader. <laughs> okay. So the, 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 the point is, is you can play a part. This is a place where you can serve in community. I want you to listen to a video or watch this video. I want you to see, uh, here's what I want you to be listening for, how they got connected in the church, but also how they served and how many people were influenced by one person's commitment to serve. 
Roll tape. I started serving Grace Kids uh, in the summer of 2010. It was actually that summer that I met Alexandra Reagan. I knew that my small group leaders really cared about me because they were so inclusive and they learned my name on the first day. They sent me postcards on my birthday and they gave me my first Bible, so that's something to make you want to come back. Alexandra and Katerina had had such a good experience at Grace that we really felt indebted to the kids program and we were asked to help in the summer. Katerina asked me to help with her class and I've been doing that now for the last five years. Right now I serve with a group of two and a half year olds in um, the Cornerstone building um, and that is such a great experience for me because I was really inspired by my small group leaders on how much joy they had whenever they were serving with my age group and so I want to inspire kids to do that and be a servant of God. Did you hear what happened there? Did you hear all that happened there? Okay, I, I talked um, to um, Kat's father uh, between services, and there's a whole family was changed. Not a girl. Her whole family was connected at a Bible-teaching congregation, and now they have connections like they never had before. As a matter of fact, they're all in the same small group together. And they, and they were running next to each other for years before they realized, wait, you're the one who brought my daughter that love. Do you, rem did she, did you hear what she said? She got a birthday card. Do you remember what it was like to be a fifth grader and you got mail, like real mail from the mailman, and it was a birthday card? Somebody remembered my name. They gave me a birthday card. Turns out there's more to the story. That teacher gave her her first Bible. Her, she had a picture Bible and didn't have any Old Testament in it, and so she bought her this Bible. It had a pink cover and a handle, and she carried that around like it was her security blanket. She wouldn't, they had to go back home one time because she left it there. and She had to get that Bible and come back. Changed a life note, changed a family note, changed several families now that they're in her connection. And she, the little girl, she's in junior high now, guess what she found out? She found out how life works. She found out that it's service and community, and she's changing little kids' lives. What's your plus one? There's my challenge. Why don't you join the Grace Kids ministry? They'll find a place for you. How do you do that? There's a tear-off in your bulletin. There's a table outside. Uh, you can go on the website, find out more about that. That could be your plus one. That could be your plus one. Service in community. Let's see our next word there. It's community. In community. Okay. This could be possibly the next step you take. There's, <laughs> if we were a restaurant, we'd have a very big menu. There's so many places to get community at Grace. The women's ministry is about to fire up, as well as the men's ministry. We have specialized communities for marriages called Reengage. We have specialized ministries for um, people with hurts, hangups, and ha bad habits. That's called Celebrate Recovery. The easiest, best way to connect through relationships at Grace Covenant Church, this is where we need you the most, in our communities, our what are called capital C communities, adult communities. This is like our adult Sunday school classes. But these adult Sunday school classes are life stage graded, and we want everyone to get connected there in some context. It's the easiest and best way. Why is it easy? Because you're already here, and we have childcare provided. And I just, you need to know this, okay? For months, we've been planning in some aspects. For years, we've been planning the launch of these adult communities starting next week. We've been planning for months and years. 
We have new classes, new classrooms physically. We have new leadership involved. We have new teaching curriculum for these Life Stage classes. We want you to come. We want you to get connected. If you're serving or you're already kind of serving in community somewhere else, we want everyone to go to the website and you click on the community that would be most appropriate for your Life Stage and you sign up and here's why. We're finding a lot of the people that are serving aren't connecting in community and we've got to figure out how to do that. This is how we're doing it. So if you're a if you're like a, a young family, but you're serving somewhere, if you sign up here, they're going to tell you where the social, where and when social events are taking place. This is going to be our primary means of getting in a midweek Bible study called a life group. Everybody signs up so that everybody can get connected in communities. That's what we're doing here. So you, you can go there and, and connect and click that box. Before you, before, you, before you go into the children's ministry to children serve, but before you go to those communities next week when they have open house, go to serve. Let's, let me, let's review. Okay, what's, how does life work? Service in community. Let's do that one more time, okay? Service in community. So if you go to a community and your arms are folded and it's like, you serve me, it won't work. See, you've got to go to community to serve. You've got to go to serve with a community aspect. So when you go to a class or an event here, wherever, every member, every believer, every attender at Grace is a greeter. Every attender at Grace is a greeter. So when you go to the community next week, don't like, I want people to come over here and be friendly to me in the way I want people to be friendly. And not too friendly, but just friendly enough. And my drink's getting kind of warm, and I don't like this place. Right? So you go there and say, how can I help? I'm in a community. How do I serve? Can I be in charge of name tags? How about if I set up some chairs for you guys? You need some help with social events? Because I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Go to the communities to serve. Go to the service places to be in community. Watch this happen. There, this is a family, a couple in our church that are in our leadership. We go to them for um, all sorts of things. But I want you to work the lot, the math of the way the world works, the way life works, the way Jesus works, the way grace works, listen to that when you hear their story about grace not working for them. Roll tape. We're Josh and Colleen Benefield. Uh, we've been at Grace for 16 years. We have two daughters, Kate and Jill. They're nine and six. So when we first uh, came to Grace years ago, we came to you know big church and were immediately drawn to what we were learning on Sunday mornings, but we just kind of came and left. And um, we fell into that pattern for uh, over two years, probably. And both of us felt like something was missing, um, like there was more to church than what we were experiencing. And so one, I think it was actually a fall kickoff Sunday mm -hmm. that we decided, let's be brave and let's go ahead and take the plunge and try one of these communities that they were talking about. And at that time, it was the young couples class. Um, and so we did, and it was really in that community where we, we discovered what church really is. Um, it's the body of Christ, and yep. we're, we're built to be connected to each other. And through that, we've been able to develop friendships that we have to this day, and we've been able to connect and serve in ways that we've never been able to serve any other way. We started um, as a young couple that didn't know anybody in Austin and met other friends in the same life stage, and then we sort of progressed through new parents, and you know, brought each other meals when we were sort of drowning in diapers in those years. Um, now we're in the Young Families community and we've been blessed to serve on the leadership team there and um, just 
you know, we, like Josh said, we were making friends and deep in relationships that have lasted a decade, and they truly are, we count them as our, our dearest friends. I mean, over the years, we've, you know, we've studied the Bible together, we've prayed together, we've grieved together, we've celebrated together. It really is, we really are, it sounds kind of cheesy, but living life together. And I encourage anybody who's been at Grace for, you know, any, any amount of time that hasn't been really connected or felt connected, to allow, like maybe give uh, adult communities a chance. And I just encourage you because through that, I think you'll be able to connect more with the people of grace, connect more with the body of Christ, and be able to uh, serve and minister in ways that you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do on your own. <laughs> did you hear it? It's like they heard this sermon and then did that video, but they didn't, right? They were, the Benefields were subsistence farming Right? Living hand to mouth, it wasn't working. We're dying of malnutrition, and it was all right there. It was right in front of them, because, but they weren't working what, what, the way life works. They weren't working the formula. They weren't doing service in community, and then they, they, they decided to be brave, and they went in there, and they went into the community to serve, and then they got connected, and now they're living life, and their lives have changed, and they're changing other people's lives. That's how it works. What's your plus one? What's your plus one? Service, joining one of these communities. That's the challenge this week. Okay. It, 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 a simple nutshell is this. This is what we're asking you to do. This is plus one. Go to your calendar, right, where it says church. It says, you know, Sunday morning, grace. Change it to 9.15 to 12.20. You're already here. There's child care. There's, there's ministry to be done. There's communities to get connected with. 9.15 to 12.20. And watch what happens when you work the truth. It's that life is service in community. Okay, brace yourself. One last little challenge is kind of be a punch, okay? It, it's, it's, it's true. And I say this because I, I just I want everybody to do well. I, this is love. If you do not want to get connected at Grace for some reason, I mean, we're not doing a lot stuff right, right? I get that. But if you don't want to service in community here, then go find a church and do it there, okay? You have to do that. You have to go to a church and find yourself serving in community because that's what church is. That's the way it works. And if not here, then find a place. Find some friends. You know, get involved that way because, because not serving, being a taker, that's not an option. Living in isolation by yourself, that's not an option. <laughs> there, look, there are no options when it comes to serve in community. The option is where. Where will you serve in community? That's, that's what church is, okay? I, I, know, I know, look, our bent is to be takers and be all by ourselves, we're always right. That's what I love about being alone. I am always winning these arguments, right? And that's where we always go. We turn in on ourselves, and we want to be all by ourselves. And here's, what, here's the nature of man, the way we're designed to turn out and to serve other people in community. This is how we're designed. This is the way we're made to work. Do that. And listen, I'm not, I'm not begging. I'm giving you an opportunity to be part of the bride of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, Right? What's the mag who, who is the most magnificent, right? unimaginable, begotten human that has ever walked this planet? Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ. And this is the most valued thing to him, the bride of Christ. 
I'm saying you get to serve the bride of Christ. And the bride of Christ, the church, it's not like it's different in kind than every institution in the world. And people, if outside of the church, they don't even understand its power. It is the way, it is the means by which the Spirit of God is choosing to change worlds and lives. It's the bride of Christ. And it is different in kind from other organizations. It is different in significant degrees from ministries outside of the local church. Those are helpers. Those are parachurch. That means next to the church. They're not the church. They're helping the bride. You get to serve the most precious thing in the man whose voice is thunder, we say. And while you're doing that, you're in community with people that you'll find yourself saying, this is my brother and sister. You serve the bride of Christ with brothers and sisters to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> What else are you doing? <laughs> what else are you doing? There's nothing more important. Do this. Serve in community with the bride of Christ. That's who you were meant to be. We're, we're trying to make that a reality. That's your plus one. That's your challenge this week, okay? I'm going to pray now a hard prayer. I'm going to ask God to convict us about where, how, to, how to apply this in our lives, okay? And then we're going to tear this place down with this last song. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, we, uh, we lift up these words to you. We know they're true. There's so many ways of proving it to be true, that when we're service in community, we're working by the design, and good things happen. And Lord, I'd ask that you would uh, penetrate our soul and maybe even our pride that would, that's what's causing us not to get connected or not to desire to serve other people. And that we would step past that through the fear or arrogance or whatever it might be, and we would, we would choose to do something different. Lord, would you help Grace become all that she could be by uh, being the that this, this expression of the bride of Christ without spot or wrinkle or blemish, and that we would be the means of making that happen? Would you give us a vision for how we could serve in community at this, with this bride? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about Grace, visit our website at grace360.org. 